Welcome back, boys, ghouls, listeners of the podcast on the podcast airwaves and the internet. It has returned from the grave, Theme Park the Movie, the show where we talk about our favorite theme park attractions and the favorite movies that inspired them. Uh, did I do my own premise backwards? Oh my goodness, it's been such a, a, a long time since I've been, uh, you know, chilling in my podcast graveyard waiting for a return that I, I forget how to do an intro but hello again hello listeners it's it's good to uh, I guess I can't see you uh, but I can hear you I, I guess I can't really hear you but I'm gonna pretend like I hear you and, and by the way this is your host Travis Kirkland and uh, here, here how about this I'm gonna pause in a few moments and then you can tell me how it's been so listeners how you doing Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah. Okay, okay. Well, I hope things are going well for you. That thing improves, or you get lots of candy. And you know what? Now is the perfect time to stock up on that candy because it is the Halloween season. For that is how the podcast has returned for all Hallow's Eve. And... We have a really fun special Halloween episode for this spooky season. And, well, the subject matter may be a little uh, a little bit more spookier than usual, but we are talking about, uh, I think, an interesting topic, and that is deaths at Walt Disney World. Yes, we are talking about the real-life incidents of mortality that have occurred at Walt Disney World, or maybe not quite have happened at Walt Disney World, as we soon will learn. And it won't be alone, just you, the listener, and I, the host, on this journey learning about all this stuff. We are with a fantastic guest, a person of many talents, Jessica Fernando, who you may recognize as the host of the podcast One Weird Chick, as well as many, many, many other things that you can find on the internet and all other forms of media and entertainment. But she brought her expert expertise. Expertise. See, this is why I can't uh, be an expert in anything because I cannot say expertise very uh, clearly. But she is bringing her knowledge and her research to this podcast, and it's a wonderful time. Now, listeners, I will give as a bit of a content warning. Uh, again, we are talking about real life deaths that have occurred at Disney. And so, you know, sometimes the subject matter may be a bit of a bummer, a bit of a downer, uh, you know, because we are dealing... I cannot talk, and that is uh, why I am the only one doing this podcast. Anyway, but yeah, we'll be talking about some stuff that uh, may be a little bit major in the feels. But uh, you know what? I think that Jess brings such compassionate knowledge to the subject matter and uh jess and i i think we keep the uh i think we keep the episode you know as light and jovial as can be and uh in case you're worrying about this episode topic being too serious this episode does end with a very very silly 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 topic but either way i do encourage you to listen to 
the rest of this episode. It was a wonderful conversation. Oh my goodness, I need to go back to my graveyard and give my tongue a rest maybe. But, uh, you know, I had a wonderful time talking with Jess. And you know what? Enough of this chitter-chatter and me tripping over my words. Let's just go ahead and ride the movie. Listeners of the podcast, please welcome Jessica Fernando. Hi. Jessica, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Or shall I say thank you for um, allowing me to invite myself? (laughs) I mean, that's really the podcast hustle, isn't it? You make the connections, figure out who has a podcast, be like, hey, hey, you know who would be a good guest? Be me. (laughs) Which is basically pretty much what I did. I said, hey, Travis, um, when are you going to interview me? (laughs) Believe me, you are not the only one to do that for this show, but I want to get into that because Jess, you are, you know, hey, look, I'm I'm not, look, all my previous guests are wonderful people. They're they're great people. Love them. Uh, But Jess, you're, you're a, uh, what they might call a, uh, what's it? Oh, a multi-hyphenate. Uh, oh, you're sweet to say. Yes, I am a lady of many, many different ventures. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you are an actress, uh, a mm-hmm. writer, director, mm-hmm. yes, podcaster, crafter. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> but since we are on the podcast airways, we'll go into that. So you have a really well. I was about to say fun podcast, but I don't know if I would describe it as fun, but a really interesting <laughs> podcast. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah call that uh you may that you're gonna bring some of that expertise to this episode talk about uh, your podcast sure well it's called one weird chick and uh that was created out of the fact that i am the one weird chick um i have listened to podcasts for years and years and years specifically true crime podcasts and supernatural podcasts But there wasn't really anything available that was both true crime and supernatural. Mm -hmm. And so that's where One Weird Chick was kind of uh, birthed from. Uh, I saw this hole in the market and thought, you know, why not give it a try? So what I really try to do is I try to balance out my episodes. If I can find a true crime and supernatural episode in one, fantastic like something like the Amityville horror was mm-hmm. my first episode because you've obviously got the true crime aspect and then you've got the alleged haunting that came after mm-hmm. now you talk about the supernatural mm-hmm. and since this is one of our Halloween episodes I gotta ask uh, how much of the supernatural do you believe in in the paranormal so it's weird because I was asked this question at a convention not too long ago. I went along to a uh, a paranormal researchers panel um, just because I was curious to see, you know, like what they'd covered and stuff. And of course, you do always attract a certain crowd when you go to those kinds of panels. And sure, sure, there was plenty of those people, uh, myself mm-hmm. included. But they also asked, you know, they said, raise your hand if you believe in, you know, Bigfoot, raise your hand if you believe in like fairies. And it really got me thinking about what 
supernatural elements I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think when it comes down to it, I don't want to discredit anything because if there is any supernatural entity out there listening to this, um, mm. please please don't come, you know, come yeah, for we- me. I mean, uh, we've heard of ghost haunting houses, but haunting podcasts, we don't want that. Well, I meant more like, you know, maybe maybe they're coming home from a day of haunting and they are they turn on your podcast and they hear me going, mm, I'm not sure. So I, I don't want That's them to come right. for me. Yeah. But um, I do believe in ghosts. Um, I actually had a bit of a uh, supernatural experience when I was quite young and then um, kind of a prophetic prophetic is that the right word like where I sort of had like a um a dream that sort of uh foretold something that hadn't yet passed but did eventually come to pass so I believe in things Mm. in that regard um I do believe that there are sensitives out there that people um you know refer to themselves as mediums or channeling experts or whatever you want to call and I do believe that there are ghosts out there there are definitely um lots of places with trauma there is a sadness to them and i think that that is the remnants of of the people that you know have long since passed mm-hmm. so definitely a believer of ghosts um and definitely a believer of communication with ghosts mm-hmm. but things like werewolves um vampires things like that i'm i'm not sure now yeah, though what is no <laughs> Now, but what if a werewolf uh, comes home, listens to this podcast, and you'd be so dismissive that and well, his feelings are hurt? That's why I said, don't come for me. But <laughs> I, you know, I I've seen those TV shows where people are like, yes, we're vampires, and I'm like, mm, but are you, or are yeah. you just a little strange and? Yeah you practice alternative lifestyles. So I'm yet to experience something where I'm like, oh yes, this person definitely was this thing. Where, Whereas, yeah. Again, I, I had my own experiences with, with entities, let's say. Um, so yeah, I'm more of a believer in the things that I can see and I can prove rather than the things that hypothetically might be out there. Now, going back to sort of the subject matter of your podcast, though, when we're chick, where you try to find the elements of true crime and supernatural that that kind of intersect, like how often in just your general research or knowledge, do you find that the supernatural does kind of creep into true crime material? It. I'm not going to lie, it has been a struggle to find combinations of both. And so what I try to do for my listeners, because obviously I have promised them both, is if one month uh, I have a very supernatural heavy episode where it might just be, you know, talking about a, a haunting of a place, I will then switch it up the following month and do a true crime Mm-hmm. Uh, where I'll advocate for for victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I always try to find both. But truly, the most uh, realistic combination of the both, like I mentioned earlier, is the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an episode that I covered, uh, The Conjuring, the very first uh, Conjuring film, that is based on a true story. Now that was about um, 
Oh, hang on. Not The Conjuring. I apologize. I have covered that one, but no, the one I'm thinking of specifically is based, is the movie um, A Haunting in Connecticut. That Mm -hmm. was actually based on a family that moved into an ex-funeral parlor. Um, The young, one of the young kids was very, very, very sick with uh, leukemia. Mm -hmm. And he had supernatural experiences in that house. And I think when people are close to death, that veil is thinner and you are able to see something that maybe healthy people or non-believers, skeptics, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. can believe. So uh, then they can see. So again, even though that was not a true crime case, it involved a very real person who was very unwell and who eventually did pass away um, as an adult. But again, it brought in that supernatural element too. I see. Uh, I want to propose this scenario to you since we're on the subject matter of ghosts. Okay. Um, I would assume that you would not want your house to be haunted. But uh, let's say your house had to be haunted. Uh, what? what the, I, and for me, I think there's two type of ghosts that I think of. There's the... One type of ghost that looks basically like a human, but they're like all invisible or white or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, speak in ghostly voices <laughs> and, they, and they slam doors and they push things over and whatnot. So that's uh, type A, right? Okay. And then there's like a type B ghost that's just kind of looks like a, a little monster or a little goblin. It goes, you know, boogada, 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 and tries to, <laughs> and, and all that. If your house had to be haunted by type A or type B, which would you, what would you prefer? Probably type A, um, because I feel like that's more representative of a person that's passed that has just, you know, you talk about unfinished business or all the uh-huh. movies talk about that. I, I feel like, that is more a cry for help as to pass over. Whereas the second option sounds definitely more like a demonic presence or mm-hmm. like a poltergeist. And I'm not about that. Uh-uh, no, ma'am. <laughs> now has any domicile that you've inhabited uh, in your adult life? Has, have you feel, have you felt a spiritual presence? No. Um, I did live in the UK for a hot second mm-hmm. and I remember myself, I lived with two other girls and we all sort of felt a presence in the bathroom, mm. but it wasn't Harvard. anything. Are you Probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it wasn't anything malicious or nasty. It felt like the presence of this, this young guy who even when we were in the bathroom, it didn't feel pervy. It just felt like he was this young kid who was just kind of protective of us. So... Okay. Yeah, but again, it was never anything where I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not going in there. I'm frightened. I was just like, oh, there feels like there's something here. But that was okay. like the extent of it. We never had any like door slamming or weird yeah. things happening. Happening. It was just a presence. But yeah, um, yeah no, no, nothing. I, I recently stayed at the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, the place where Lizzie's parents were, were murdered. Mm-hmm. I felt nothing in that house. And it was interesting because, you know, I did the ghost tour and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I feel something in here. I was like, calm down. There's nothing here. It's just a a house with, 
with great sadness there because of the tragedy, but definitely not haunted. Definitely not. Yeah. So there's no fun thing where like you're eating breakfast, you're eating a nice uh, biscuit, then you look down, you think it's jam, it's like, oh no, it's blood on! And so no, so it's no. nothing fun like that. No, it was, yeah, it was, it was weird. There was just like the sadness, but there was nothing malicious that I, like I felt or any time I felt threatened or anything like that. Um, the closest thing to something spooky happening was I turned the the light off in my bedroom. When I came back, it was on, mm. but they were also, um, it was a, like they've, turned some of the bedrooms into like smart bedrooms so they're voice activated and touch activated so again i can very quickly go i probably messed up and ah. touched something or triggered something so again it it didn't feel spooky do you think the advent of smart houses have really rendered uh the haunting powers of ghosts sort of inert like oh we used to just you know tur- randomly turn off uh, you know, turn off lights on and off and make the temperature go up and down. Now people can just be like, house, turn off lights. <laughs> it's like, what's the point now? What's the point of haunting now? I will say that I watched a film last night um, called Margot about a smart house that kills you. <laughs> it was mm. a I don't recommend it. Zero out of 10. <laughs> I only watched it because I knew some of the um, the actors, like not personally, but I was familiar with their work. And I was like, oh, they wouldn't sign on to a film unless it was good. Well, I would. <laughs> but have ever, yeah. Have you ever seen yeah. the, the Demon Seed? No, I have not. Oh, that's a, was it? Oh, it's 70s horror movie with Julie okay. Christie. And that is a, uh, oof, that's a, that is a smart house movie. That is something else, I'll just say. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're moving towards like artificial intelligence taking over versus mm. supernatural taking over. And I think that actually scares me more. Um, for whatever reason, I just feel like artificial intelligence taking over is far scarier than like a ghost being like, oogity boogity, like you said earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, the computers that we are recording this on don't, uh, don't overhear that. Take that into account. AI, we love you. We love everything that you're doing. Uh, we have, I mean, I literally couldn't do my job without one. So, right. That's what, that's what they did. Now we're so codependent. We have no choice but to love them. Exactly. Exactly. They did, yeah, they didn't need to get us through force, just through, you know, convenience. That's all it was. Exactly. All right. But you know what? Enough AI, but uh, we're going to keep things spooky. And I think we need to get into our main topic. Yeah, let's. Yes, and that's deaths at Disney parks. If you would like to join our camp, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Now, Jess, mm. uh, have you been to many Disney parks? Because I 
I will admit I'm not a very well-traveled person, so the only Disney park that I have been to has been Disney World. Never been to Disneyland, uh, Disneyland Paris, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Shanghai, none of those. Only been in Florida. Uh, But what about you? I have actually been to every Disney in the world except for um, Hong Kong and China because they didn't exist when I was traveling around the world. Um, And I want to go on the record and say, I'm not like a huge Disney parks fan. Like I, I'm not somebody who's there every weekend. It was Mm -hmm. always something special. Um, Having grown up in Australia where we don't really have a lot of theme parks. We do, but not in the state that I was born and raised. They were sort of up North of the country. Um, all you hear about as a kid is is Disney, mm-hmm. uh, Disney World, Disneyland. You know, the, the whole thing was that, you know, if you ever went to Disney World, you'd need more than one day to do all their parks. And that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, as an adult and now living in Florida, I have been to the parks and I have done more than one park a day. But again, it's because I have the luxury of now living here. But uh, yeah, to to go back to your question, yes, every Disney in the world, Paris, Tokyo, um, L.A. or California, I should say, because it's not in L.A., it's in Anaheim, um, and then Walt Disney World. Yep, been to all of them. And of those four, uh, what would you say is your pick of the favorite or the best? I've definitely spent more time at Disney World than I have of any of the others. Um, Disneyland Paris was one day only. It was quite a small park. I do mm-hmm. remember that. Uh, Disneyland was the was the first, no, the second Disney I ever went to. No, I beg your pardon, the third Disney I ever went to because it went, it went, um, it went Paris. Mm-hmm. Then it went Tokyo. Then it went Disneyland, Disney World was last. Um, Disneyland was awesome. I remember there being two. I also remember being very, very jet lagged because I'd just gotten (laughs) off a plane from Australia. So I don't really remember a lot from there. Um, I would probably say Disney World. Uh, I really enjoy Epcot. I could spend Mm -hmm. hours at Epcot just walking around and be completely content. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Disney World. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, this isn't, you know, we're talking about, you know, magical, wishful fantasy worlds, uh, that the Disney parks like to create for guests, but as I think people are more than aware, not everything is all cheerful and happy at these places. And, um, you know, this episode, Jess is going to bring her one weird chick research and energy and we're gonna hear some tales about some uh some real life deaths that have happened at these disney parks right now i will say that um i specifically focused on disney world versus disneyland but i do have some disneyland um facts that i can sort of throw in there yeah like coast to coast baby coast 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 to coast I, i love it i love it Well, the first thing that I'll let you know, and I remember when you and I were setting this up that I kind of alluded to this, um, but here's the big reveal. There have never been any deaths at Disney World. Hmm. Now, Jess, why is that? 
Okay, so here's the thing. There have been deaths at Disney World. Everybody knows that. Um, death, unfortunately, is that thing that is inevitable for everybody. Uh, and sometimes accidents happen, sometimes tragedies occur, and sometimes people also take their own lives, which is incredibly sad. But Walt Disney himself was kind of this pioneer and I don't even know if he did this with the intention of like covering his ass later on down the track, but the land that specifically, this is Disney World only, Disneyland is a different story, but the land that Disney World sits on is actually a district called Reedy Creek, which is R-E-E, sorry, R-E-E-D-Y Creek. So Reedy Creek is its own entity. Um, And with your permission, Travis, I've actually got the Reedy Creek website open and I'll give you, I'll, I'll read what they have written to kind of give you an overview because I'm sure they are able to explain it far oh. better and far more concisely than oh, I Oh, please. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't think we've ever really talked about this on the podcast before, how there's this really bizarre thing where Walt Disney World property is almost its own little city, little county yeah. almost. And so, that's, yeah. that's what uh, Walt wanted. He was actually going to call it Progress City. And it was going to be its own city, its own entity. Um, Now, he might have just done that because that sounded like a really cool thing to do. But in doing so, he's actually kind of covered a lot of legality issues, which, yeah. But anyway, what I'm about to read to you, and I'll I'll skip over parts, um, is from the Reedy Creek website, which is rcid.org. And it says, Reedy Creek Improvement District is a progressive form of government created in 1967 by a specialist act of Florida legislature, the purpose of which is to support and administer certain aspects of the economic development and tourism within district boundaries. Within an administrative office located on Hotel Plaza Boulevard in Lake Buena Vista, the district encompasses approximately 25,000 acres in both Orange and Osceola counties, serving 19 landowners, including Walt Disney Company and its wholly owned officiates. Um, blah, 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 blah. Don't want to bore you with this. You've probably <laughs> lost all of your listeners because they're I like... Know. Yeah, they were like, we want to hear about death, not all about city legislation. Well, the reason, again, that this is important is to give you context about how Disney World can claim that they've never had any deaths. Reedy Creek, on the other hand, can say, yes, we've had deaths, but nobody has ever died at Disney World. It's it's this, like, loophole that they've, they've supported or they've created for themselves. So... Under the um, subheading servicing the Walt Disney World resorts and other areas, I'll just read a little bit of that and then we'll actually talk about the nitty gritty. So it says, one of the busiest places in America, the the district's boundaries include four theme parks, two water parks, one sports complex, 175 lane miles of roadway, 67 miles of waterway, the cities of Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista, 
an environmental science laboratory where the continuation of water quality is monitored, an electric power generating and distribution facility, a natural gas distribution system, water and waste collection and treatment facilities, a solid waste and recyclables collection and transfer system, plus over 40,000 hotel rooms and hundreds of restaurants and retail stores. So the reason that that's really important is because Walt has set up this city. If the rest of Florida shut down and Reedy Creek through some miracle (laughs) survived, they are fully up and functional. They've got everything they need there without outsourcing anything, which is blows my mind. I know. Like there are people who aren't theme park people who might already have that kind of like, yeah, I don't know about Disney World. It's all kind of like fake and phony and everyone's smiling. I don't like that. But then to get into this real nitty gritty stuff of like, no, no, it, it's basically uh it basically has these same functions in Atlantic Ridge and even maybe more so of of a lot of cities and in towns in America even. Right. So again, to give you some context of the power of this place, um, unfortunately, I had an incident a year ago, I think, where I had to call 911 for an ambulance. And I was living within, um, you know, five, 10 miles of Disney. So when I called uh, 911, they said, oh, you're in this area that falls under Reedy Creek. So they transferred me to Reedy Creek and I explained I needed an ambulance and they, they said, I'm sorry, we only service the Disney world areas. You're too far out of our jurisdiction. Meanwhile, I'm there in excruciating pain going just somebody, just get me an ambulance, somebody. Um, but you know, obviously I'm fine. It was, it ended up being a very minor thing that just unfortunately happened. It was just the wrong place in the wrong time and all of that. But again, Reedy Creek have their own ambulance service. Like, how insane is that? Right. And, uh, you know, one would hope that, like, when the EMTs, like, come out of the ambulance, that they would be dressed like Snow White and Winnie the Pooh and all that. (laughs) I was going to say, well, they never came to get me. It ended up being um, somebody from Osceola County, uh, an ambulance Ah. Going to get me, so yeah. I I can't confirm or deny that, unfortunately. Uh, they, but they, sh- they showed up and just were dressed as regular old EMTs. I know they uh, were just EMTs, and they treated my pain. How dare they? <laughs> how dare they? They should have came. Cinderella should have came out of that ambulance, waved a magic wand, and the pixie dust would you know would uh, sparkle over your injury, and you'd feel all better. Exactly. How dare? Anyway. How dare? But anyways, but. Speaking of people getting hurt and unfortunately uh, more dire results happening, uh, maybe with with all this being said, maybe, you know, these are deaths, quote unquote. But uh, oh, let's uh, let's get into some more serious business, but with a light touch and uh, tell (laughs) us uh, what 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 has your research found as far as some. and you know as far as some uh you know unfortunate incidents on disney property sure i mean it's really interesting because i expected 
something like the movies. I expected horrific things where people have fallen and been pulled limb from limb. You know, not that I was like seeking that out, but that's I think just what I expected when I when it came to research. Yeah, that's the um, juicy stuff too. Like that's the that's the <laughs> stuff you want to read about. Well, I mean. I have to keep remembering, and this is true in my own post podcast as well, that these are victims of really unfortunate circumstances. And I have to keep reminding myself that these are real people. Um, and, you know, I, I would never wish anybody these fatalities or or injuries or anything like that. But um, it was interesting to read about them. Uh, so it's it's surprising because most of the injuries that have occurred, yes, are to guests. In fact, um, 79% of injury slash or death um, were 79% of guests. And then a staggering 21% were actually employees, which I, I think about my jobs and I'm like, wow, am I ready to actually die for my job? Uh, but a lot of these incidences were pre-existing conditions. There's only a few instances where people have actually died as a result of their time in the park. In total, as of June 2022, 62 people have died in Disney World or slash Reedy Creek, because we're not supposed to say that they died at Disney World. They died at Reedy Creek, but whatever. <laughs> Technicality. <laughs> exactly. But to date, 62 people have died um, from 59 reported incidences. Mm. So we've got different things like, for example, space Spaceship Earth at Epcot. Um, there was a 58-year-old man who had a pre-existing heart condition who passed out after exiting the attraction and ended up passing away. So there's a lot of things like that where a lot of guests have come into the park and have died as a result of pre-existing conditions. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, there everybody has their time. Everybody has to go. Mm-hmm. But surprisingly, the top rides at Disney World that have caused death or injury are the Small World, Small World, uh, Space Mountain, and, okay. and Big Thunder Mountain. Those are the three that have caused these 62 deaths. So, now, now, Space Mountain and Big Thunder, I can see. Um, imagine, like, your final moments on this on this existence and you're listening to the small world. I know, I know, I know. It was the first thing that I saw. I went, there's no way. Because, you know, you, you hear those you know, old wives tales where, you know, if you get lost at Disney, they're going to put you in the small world and you have to stay there forever. It's, it's those wives tales that you tell children. So they don't leave your side. Right. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a woman, um, in 2014, they say that she had a pre-existing condition. However, they don't say what it was. Hmm. Uh, basically 
she lost consciousness. She was only 22 years old and she lost consciousness after riding the attraction and was never been, was never able to be resuscitated. So she did pass away. Hmm. But um, yeah, I know. I agree with you, Travis, like what a ride to, to go out on like that, having the, that ride, which is in itself terrifying. The, the last thing you see is those rows of dolls and they're all oh. smiling and singing all happy in different languages. Right. The children, the fun- it's, it's almost like the children of the world are gathering for your oh. funeral march. It's terrifying. And it's such a long ride too. Like you're in there such a long time and there's no escape. Um, <laughs> One thing, just to segue quickly, the the funniest thing that I find is, again, being from Australia originally, going through the Australian part of It's a Small World, mm-hmm. um, they have some Aboriginal uh, dolls, which Aboriginals are our native people to mm-hmm. Australia. Mm-hmm. They have their tribes, very similar to your Native Americans. But they have these Aboriginal dolls making some very unusual noises, which I'm assuming they think is Aboriginal, like speech, uh-huh. which it's it's not. So every time I go through, I'm like, God forbid an Aboriginal person travels from Australia and rides this ride. It is so culturally insensitive. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll die of an aneurysm and, and it'll be another death. Uh, on it's a small world oh gosh but um yes this this 22 year old woman was the only person um to to ever pass away as a result of well potentially a result of writing it's a small world but whether that was her time because of a pre-existing condition or not it's undetermined yeah see that's like one of those things where like the less details you get the mind just wanders more just like oh you know it because it seems like such an inconceivable situation so right and, and when you're not i mean this i guess is true of all true crime but when you don't have the concrete details that make sense your mind just starts reeling into like all sorts of like what ifs and what and or what is hidden or what is being you know trying to be buried you know right Absolutely. Absolutely. We, where would you like to go to next? Do you want to look at Space Mountain or do you want to look at Big Thunder Mountain? Hmm. You know, one of my favorite attractions at Magic Kingdom is Big Thunder Mountain. I love going on Big Thunder Mountain. So I want you to ruin Big Thunder Mountain for me, Jess. Ruin that. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, you'll be happy to know or, you know, um, making the best of a, of a bad situation. There has also only been one death associated with Big Thunder Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in 2017. And again, uh, they, they blame natural causes or a pre-existing condition. But the incident was a 54-year-old man died after riding the attraction. And the Orange County Medical Examiner's Office stated, and I quote, the death did not appear to be one of the examiner's cases. So the man likely had an attending physician who agreed to sign out the death certificate due to natural causes, Ooh. which is very strange. Like what a weird thing to document. See, this is, I think, 
here's where I think the creepiness is, isn't so much the actual death at the attraction. What seems to be more creepy is this, uh, as we kind of covered with all these weird city loopholes and how Disney kind of functions as its own entity. It's almost like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's almost like uh, Disney has to prepare your corpse before, you know, right. the public gets to know about your death. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that is very, that's bizarre. Oh. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, a lot of the deaths that have happened at Disney have actually happened at the resorts versus okay. the actual park itself. Hmm. So would you like to hear about some of those? Uh, yeah, tell me. I want to hear some, 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 well, I was about to say fun stuff, but hey, what the hell? I'll still call it fun stuff. Give me some fun stuff. All right. Well, um, for those of your listeners who are not familiar with the resorts, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa is like the granddaddy. That is the place that you go if you have more than $500 a night to spend. Um, my husband actually works in construction and he's doing some work there at the moment. And he came home the other day and he went, you're not going to believe this, but you can rent a party boat to go out on the lake there at the, the Grand Floridian. I said, okay, that's awesome. He goes, it's $95 every 30 minutes. Ugh. And I was like, wow, that's, you got to have an expendable income to be able to stay at the Floridian, but it is, it is beautiful. Like you can go in and um, eat at one of the restaurants. You don't have to have a reservation and you can go in and just explore the beauty of this place a lot of people get married there too so it's it's very very luxurious well in 2016 Travis you may have actually have seen this on the news if you were if you were local at the time I don't believe it was national but I could be wrong Mm, yeah I think I know what you're about to say but please yeah this one this one's really heartbreaking um, a two-year-old boy was attacked by an alligator at 9.15 on the shore of the Seven Seas Lagoon, which is the name of one of these bodies of water that they have at the Grand Floridian. His parents unsuccessfully tried to intervene and the boy was pulled into the water. And he was found the following afternoon sort of close by where he went missing in about six feet of water, which is just so tragic. A two-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, they barely had a chance to, to go out and explore life. But yes, an, an alligator took him. Um, but since the incident, um, Disney has added warning signs and barriers to waterways around the entire resort. And for a short time, any reference to alligators was removed from any attraction that mentioned them or featured them like the Jungle Cruise, for example, out of, you know, out of uh, just to offer a little bit of sympathy and to be sensitive to a really, really tough um, situation. Now, it also details that there was no public lawsuit and there's no information about any kind of lawsuit that the parents may have um, taken out against the resort. But many have speculated that Disney settled outside of court Mm. because obviously they 
don't want to attract that kind of attention because the second word gets out that children are being attacked by alligators, whether you're in an area that's safe or not, people are going to associate Disney with the death of this little boy. Yeah, not, uh, not good. Not good. Um, no. I, th- but, uh, you mentioned Space Mountain earlier. Yeah. You want to hear something about Space Mountain? Yeah, tell me about tell me tell me some tell me something tragic about Space Mountain. <laughs> well, again, a lot of these are uh, natural causes. Um, so we've we've got uh, in two thousand and fifteen, a fifty. The, 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 I can't speak. A fifty-five-year-old woman died of a heart attack and septic shock. Uh, she lost consciousness while on the ride. And uh, again, according to the medical examiner, uh, her medical history showed a history of um, hypertension and congestive heart failure. So again, while they've put natural causes, it's hard to know whether that was her time or if it was the ride that had something to um, to do with it. Um, let me see. And we've only got three deaths at space mountain okay again most of most of the disney deaths have happened at their resorts um so another one in space mountain uh in 2006 uh, a six-year-old boy fainted after riding space mountain and was taken to the hospital where he passed away he was a terminal cancer patient visiting the park as part of give kids the world program which they're a really wonderful organization that uh grant kids um their you know their their dying wishes or sometimes celebrate their remission um but again um they believe he died of natural causes based on his he's already very um tragic circumstances the very first death of Space Mountain, of Space Mountain, at Space Mountain. <laughs> very, that sounds like a very dramatic uh, novel. The very first death the of very Space first Mountain. Like Space Mountain has died like a hundred times, but it was the very first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 1980, a 10-year-old girl became ill riding Space Mountain, which for all you listening, I also get ill on Space Mountain. And she did later pass away, but again, they determined it was a pre-existing heart condition from a lack of oxygen. Oh, hmm. I gotta say, I am not only in, I'm I'm not quite in agreement with you about the queasiness, but I am gonna say, I do not care for the Disney World version of Space Mountain, uh, I have been on many roller coasters that go high, low, twisty, turny. Some of them rough and bumpy, and I Space Mountain certainly on the lower end of thrills compared to those. But man, oh man, does it always punch my groin or stomach? <laughs> um, and I end up never having a good time afterwards once I get off of it. Right. I I am not a very um, roller coaster friendly person. I am totally fine on three D rides. I love going to see shows. I love meeting characters. Roller coasters. I'm the girl that's like, hey, let me hold everybody's bags. Let me yeah. hold everybody's things. It's uh, I don't enjoy having my stomach 
in my head. I feel like that should be just where it is. <laughs> uh, but is there any, has that, has that happened in your research though? Anyone with the stomach in the head or organs where they have not, should not be? I do have a story about a cast member that was crushed to death. I believe I know this one. So please, Jess, go ahead. Okay, so um, it's not actually as a result of a ride. Again, it's at, uh, they list both the Pop Century Resort and the Caribbean Beach Resort as the location of death. Okay. It was in 2018, and the cause of death was crushing. Ugh. And yeah, I, oh gosh, there's ways to go, and that is not one of them. A 33-year-old cast member died in an industrial accident near the resort. A utility cart crushed the employee, causing him to fall unconscious. Workers were unable to lift the cart along with officials, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Ooh. And uh, he he was uh, Disney was sued as a result. Um, OSHA ruled that Disney was not at fault, and so they didn't have to pay any fine. Mm. Uh, the, the victim's wife filed a wrongful death lawsuit for more than $15,000 against the manufacturers and distributor and sellers of the cart that fell on her husband. Um, but the status of that case is actually unknown. And again, this happened back in 2018, but hmm. it's very realistic that this is still going through the courts. Um, Disney's Disney did admit that employees were not required to read the manufacturer's manual. So I do think Disney is at fault, but apparently OSHA said that they weren't. Oh boy. Again, that, that thing when you just develop a whole dang city and corporation, you just can kind of get protected from a lot of things. Can't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, a more recent ride, this person wasn't on the ride, but was um, developing the ride uh, back in 2004, uh, sorry, 2019, a worker actually fell to their death uh, at Epcot behind the France Pavilion when he was working on the roof of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So that, there's another one there at uh, at Epcot. But again, he wasn't on the ride. He was building it, but still mm. just as tragic. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, what a, you know, that is quite a cute, pleasant ride. And now I will always think of that. And be like, mm. Sorry, I've ruined it forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll just eat a lot of crepes and drink a lot of champagne till I. Oh, those crepes it. are so delicious. Yeah. I just need to get crepe drunk so I can forget <laughs> the tragedy that surrounds me at these parks. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of deaths that have happened at Disney, I do think that that is the most recent one. And um, it, it seems, I mean, I know I certainly didn't hear anything about that. Yeah. Um, and it's, I... it's, it's sad that, you know, in the construction that that people would perish and we would not hear about them. Yeah, it's it's sad. Now, when you're doing your research on this particular subject and yes. you're combing through all these different stories of different things, uh, is there anything, how to put this, is there anything that pops out to you as a thing that just 
seems to always be occurring with the store with these type of stories or there's something particularly odd or interesting overall about these deaths that happen on Disney property? A lot of them seem to be oh, no, not not even really. I was going to say, you know, parent neglect, but it, it, it's not because it's very it's very easy to just say, well, the parents should have looked at this, or the parents should have been watching their child. But we don't know the circumstances of that case. More like um, a human error. Yeah, I think a lot of human error, and it's really unfortunate because, again, looking at the full list of people that have have passed away on Disney property. Some of them were unavoidable. Some were just the wrong place, the wrong time. Um, sometimes it was equipment or malfunctioning equipment. It's nothing that I can see that could have been prevented other than things like a child should not be able to get anywhere near a lake if there's alligators in there. That's That's common sense. Like Disney needs to should have thought about that before it became an issue. But a lot of the deaths that have happened, again, like I mentioned, a lot were natural causes, whether it was the result of going on a ride or whether it was just somebody's time to go. And that's just the unfortunate, like, luck of the draw. You know, Disney World is a place that sees millions of people every year. And, you know, the odds... You know, the odds are not good sometimes. So, you know, right. for lack of a better term. Um, are there any, uh, uh, from what your research, uh, are there any sort of uh, lasting stories that you can tell us before we kind of close the book on deaths at Disney? Yeah, the one that um, that struck me was um, the death of a little boy. Now, granted, this happened in 1977, and... Disney was sued and the family did win, but I know would never happen now because there is no way OSHA, let alone Disney's experience of, you know, learning the hard way, have, you know, haven't fixed this. And basically um, a four-year-old boy actually fell into the moat surrounding Cinderella's castle and drowned. Mm. Now, again, in this day and age, that is probably not as accessible. In 1977, sure, you know, th this is how the world learns through trial and error. It just sucks that it's as a result of human life. But um, the family did sue Disney for $4 million and won. However, the jury found that the parents were 50% liable because they allowed the boy to climb over the fence. I see. Interesting. Right. So, now, again, whether they were just like, yeah, have fun, go do it, or their back was turned and he yeah. did it is is unknown. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's It's funny how, you know, that death happened in 1977, the opening year of Disney World. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, human death has always been a specter at Disney World, yeah. it seems, even to this day. Yeah, and um, unfortunately as well, another thing that has, has stuck with me, and I won't go into details just mm -hmm. out of respect, but mm -hmm. um, there has been a number of suicides 
also at at Disney, primarily again at their resorts. Um, but really, really tragic things that you know. If 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 you're curious, you can go and mm-hmm. and have a look online. Um, but yeah, really tragic circumstances where you know these poor individuals just couldn't do it anymore. You know. Yeah. I've, is so from all this research from re- reviewing all of this have mm. your feelings and thoughts have changed about the disney company overall no not really because again the majority of these accidents or deaths have been natural causes or pre-existing conditions it's very possible. And again, I'm not a medical examiner. I don't know anything about, you know, any kind of pre-existing condition, but it is very likely these people would still have passed even if they hadn't gone to Disney. I see. I see. All right. Well, Jess, I think before we go, you know, we talked about some very interesting stuff, but you know, it got a little heavy at times, but it did. But you know what? I think, you know, that we should maybe take the subject matter of death and an inevitability of life and maybe uh, let's kind of wrap it up on a lighter note. So I have this segment here where, uh, of course, again, another disclaimer, you know, you know, this, you know, we've been talking about some heavy stuff, but, you know, we're here doing it with a light touch. So we're not advertising, you know, any self-harm or any violent situations like that not and that's not what the show is about so this segment's just a little bit of fun i want to say a little bit of a dark humor fun so jess you have compiled a list of real life deaths that have happened at disney world and so i am going to give you a list of ways that of course I don't want to die. I, I I do not have that of a death wish. But should the inevitable specter of the Grim Reaper come find me at Disney World, <laughs> I have a list of ways I could die at Disney World. Oh and, gosh! And I want to hear your thoughts on how I go, and if you would cover it. <laughs> on your podcast one weird show. Oh my god, Travis, this is so morbid. Okay. All okay. right. Okay. So, <laughs> so first of all, uh first of all, uh first death would be at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Every time I go there, I go to the hippo enclosure and uh they have like a little viewing tank. Yeah, so I try I to see the hippos. I love the yeah. hippos too, but you know, I, in my experience, I, I never get a good view of the hippos. They're always like too far away, or they're too sunken below the water, or whatever. You don't you don't get a good view of them. So, I would like to, in this scenario, uh, jump the enclosure, like jump over oh the gates, and get into the the little water habitat of the hippos. Uh-huh. Try to pet the hippos. Uh, try to ride. Try try to ride on the hippos' back like they're a horse. Say giddy up. Give them names. Give them cute pet names. Uh, until inevitably, uh, one of the hippos uh, bites my head off. But uh, uh, otherwise, until then, I will try to treat the hippos as Snow White treats many of her animal friends, uh, <laughs> with the exception that Snow White uh, was not d- decapitated. 
uh, via their mouth uh, by the animal friends, just like I will inevitably be de- beheaded by the hippos in their very powerful jaws. Uh, so what do you think about that death? And would you cover that on your podcast? That death is your own fault. And no, I would right. not cover that on my podcast unless okay. it was unless it was an episode, which again, it doesn't fall under my kind of genre okay. unless it was like the dumbest deaths out there. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we got to move on to the next one and okay, moving on sorry. to it. We're, we're going to move on. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Well, it's it's okay because we have another uh, fantasy scenario at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Okay. And so this in this scenario, uh, I go on Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. <laughs> yes, and, I know the one. So Aerosmith famously uh, had a lot of drugs and a lot of substance abuse problems in their past, but I think. It was in the 90s where they started to sober up uh, okay. and kind of clean up their act. And I do believe to this day, Steven Tyler and the crew have remained sober. So that's very commendable to them. Yes, indeed. However, in this scenario, I want the full Aerosmith experience. So uh, it, the Rock and Roller Coaster is a launch coaster where you hear a bunch of Aerosmith music. And so... You so the launch is you go basically from I think like zero to fifty or zero to sixty miles per hour. Have you have you done that? Before, I Jess? have I have held my husband's um, phone and like sunglasses and hat when he goes on that. Okay, that's, but, that's too scary for me. Okay, but you know you know what it's but you know what the ride's supposed to be like though, right? Yes, With that yes, launch. I do. Okay, so what I would like to do in this scenario is again, it's a, I'm happy that they're sober. But I will have, in this uh, scenario, managed to successfully smuggle in cocaine, crack, and alcohol through (laughs) Disney security, uh, carry that onto the ride with me, and right before the launch, I immediately snort all the crack cocaine, and I imbibe all the alcohol, and then as I... And I do that as it's go- doing the zero to 60 launch and I die of a drug overdose, dying like a true rock star on Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Oh, Travis, you're you're not giving me much to go with here because again, this is this is your own fault. And like you said, um, they were they they've worked really hard to get sober and stay sober so why would you want to take all that good work and throw your own life away you know show I'm a true fan man so I'm a true fan of the boys well, from Boston i i think you can be a true fan without the crack <laughs> well says you anyway moving on to the next one uh, all right, uh, good one okay so uh next one that's at it will be at epcot Okay. Okay. And one of my favorite rides at Epcot is Living with the Land. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, I look, I am very respectful when I am on all theme park rides. I keep my hands and my legs and my head inside the ride vehicle at all times, as the cliche oh. says. But in this scenario, when I'm on Living with the Land, let's say I'm a little famished, a little hungry. 
you're like that girl. You're like that girl who like got off the cart to steal like a banana or something. Okay, but here's the thing. I ain't going after some banana because in this, because in the indoor gardens of living with the land, they tr- they you, they will also grow like those giant gourds, like big like butternut squashes and pumpkins yeah. and whatnot. So I am so hungry that I try to that I get that I jump off the boat. <laughs> and then I stuff a big butternut squash into my mouth. Um, but because it is too big, I choke on it and I okay. die from joking on the butternut squash. But the beautiful thing will be is that the ride living with the land, it's all about sustainability, sustainable farming, how we can live with the land, support it. And so I will die, but they don't remove my corpse. My corpse will stay in the garden and it will decompose and give all the nutrients to the soil and, and the plants and the vet and all the lot and all the, the uh, fruits and whatnot and veggies that, that grow there. Uh, so even though I have died choking on the ride, I am giving my body to the land. What do you think? Jess? Okay. This is definitely better than the other two. Um, I mean, again, it's hard to approve it um, because it was your own stupidity that led to your death. So I was How- hungry. <laughs> I mean, you could have got yourself a churro before you got on, you know? Um, I will say, though, it, I like the idea that even though you were doing something that you shouldn't have been, you at least gave back where your body got, you know, to be a mm-hmm. part of the attraction. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Libby. Yeah, I, I will truly be living with the land when my corpse can just decompose naturally into the soil with all the uh, basil. well technically you won't be living with the land you'll be dead with the land but um yes the the principle i guess is still the same yeah 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 all right next one uh this takes us to magic kingdom great okay so in magic kingdom i think probably theme park fans know at this point uh at some point in the future uh the ride splash mountain will be transformed into a Princess in the Frog-themed attraction called Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Yes. And yes. Uh, taking myself out of the fantasy scenario, I am genuinely looking forward to this. Uh, I like the movie, and uh, I completely understand the reasons why the Splash Mountain uh, refurbishment needs to happen. I agree with all the reasons that the change is happening. Uh, so that's real me saying this. Yeah. Um, but in the fantasy scenario, uh, fantasy scenario me is mad. I'm, I'm, this is, you know, red state, right wing conservative, Travis. Urgh, why can't we keep these things, you know, as they, as God wanted them to, we need to keep Splash Mountain as it is. And so I go on Tiana's Bayou Adventure and I'm grumbling and I'm like, why do we need all this, you know? wokeness and social justice on splash mountain and i'm angrily complaining about it to the point that uh and we were talking about ai earlier so Mm -hmm. i'm complaining so much in my bigotry that the (laughs) animatronics from the princess and the frog characters they all uproot themselves 
they pick me up out of the boat and then they throw me over the log drop but you know not down the not down the right the log flume but they just throw me over the big drop and so that i plummet to my death because i'm being so racist in this fantasy scenario uh, and, and then for good measure to make sure i'm dead uh they they've kept one of the brer rabbit animatronics in the back so they're like here take your stupid racist voice rabbit with you and they throw the the, the brer rabbit animatronic onto my body just to make sure i'm dead at the bottom oh my god you've really given this a lot of thought yeah um again not my viewpoint but uh in this scenario uh, what do you think about that uh that's an absolute no um <clears throat> not only would i not mourn you i would definitely not cover you on the podcast because why would i want to cover a racist you know yeah, but you would be it'd be a celebration though because the racist is dead you know the 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 the, the animatronics uh have 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 rightfully uh, murdered a man with uh poisonous viewpoints so i think it's a win for all Mm, okay, I see your point, but no, I still, I'm still going with the the earlier one. Okay, all right. So this is my last one that I have. Last okay. one, and I want to see if I can uh, see if I can get a more uh, positive spin from you, and if I can finally get my fantasy Disney death scenario onto your podcast. <laughs> Let's see if this will do it. And this all takes right. us to Disney Springs. Okay, and so. I have decided to go eat at Planet Hollywood. Oh God! And no. I and I so and I want. Not only do I decide to go to Planet Hollywood, which no person should ever do, but I decide in one sitting I will eat the entire selection from the Guy Fieri inspired menu. Oh Jesus! I, I, I eat all the gigantic burgers with pork belly and barbecue sauce i eat all the burgers i eat all the i drink all the milkshakes uh with the giant desserts on top i i i shotgun a whole thing of donkey sauce into my nose um i i I do this all in one sitting uh i do everything that guy fieri has decided to put on the planet hollywood menu i decide it will go into my uh stomach and digestive system and I don't stop and I die of a heart attack. Um, again, I feel like that is deserved because who in their right mind would go to Planet Hollywood to eat at Disney Springs? But but uh, when I die, instead of heaven or hell, I'll be going to Flavortown, baby. Oh my God, Travis. And this is the, this is the moment that you and I stop becoming friends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Uh, but uh, all right, but uh, yeah, that was some scenarios I want to, you know, uh, just uh, drive by you. But uh, none of those are making your podcast. No, I mean we. I've even I've forgotten them because I've been so blown away that you've given this so much thought and time and effort and energy. Which was the one that I said was the closest? Not Tiana. Uh, I think the Epcot one where I die, uh, or at least that was the one. The land, living with the land. Where, where my court, where I choke and die on living with the land and I become a nutrient for plants. Well, because see, that's the thing. At least in your stupidity, you did something good for nature. So that's yeah. the only redeeming one. Exactly. In my mind. I did the right thing. Is that what you're saying? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> you did the best you could out of all the scenarios. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's finally close the big book on death overall on this episode. And Jess, yes. despite all the macabre stuff, I had a wonderful time talking to you. Likewise, this has been really fun. Um, it was it was a hard topic to research when I initially suggested it. I didn't think it would be this difficult, but then it was also surprising to see, you know, um, the the people that had died, how they died, what they died of, and then also to see some of the um, reactions that Disney have, you know, tried to make their parks and their resorts better uh, as a result of these fatalities. But yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I've never been a guest on somebody else's podcast. I I think normally I'm too busy doing my own. Oh, that's wonderful. Glad we could get you to do a podcast first for you. And not only is this your first guest appearance on a podcast, this will now be your first podcast guest plug so just before you go go are there any projects that you'd like to plug or any social media stuff you'd like to mention sure well uh like i mentioned um i have one weird chick it is a monthly podcast it's a combination of true crime and supernatural which we've talked about already you can find me on any uh podcast platform. I'm on everything from iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, to Amazon, to um, uh, Anchor, to Google, literally, you name it, I I am on it. Um, Shameless plug, Anchor, who is my (laughs) distributor, actually does a really amazing job of getting my podcast out there. So big thank you to them. Um, What else am I working on? Oh, gosh. Um, A friend of mine and I have a true crime podcast in the works. Its working title right now is Arsenic and Old Lace, based on the the movie about a woman who kills her husband. (laughs) Yay. Um, That is going to be something in the works where we're starting it in October. And again, that, that is the working title, so we may not go with it but it's going to be very much for victim advocacy and really trying to help uh spread the word about specifically open cases cold cases things where you know we as good-natured human beings can try and help um so Mm -hmm. yeah i can let you know more about that travis when that comes to fruition but at the moment definitely one weird chick um if you were interested at all in the Liz- Lizzie Borden experience that I had. Um, I have videos from when I went live on my social media. Um, and also this last month's episode was a revisit. I'd already covered Lizzie Borden, but then having gone and stayed at the house and learning more about it, uh, e- my mind about who is guilty in that instance Ooh. has has done a complete 360. So if you're interested, there's the original Lizzie Borden, definitely listen to that first. And then there's the revisited Lizzie Borden episode. So give that one a listen too. Ah, wonderful, Jess. And you know, the material on this episode might be a little disturbing, but I can't ask for anyone better to help us guide us through this whole thing. So thank you, Jess. Thank you, Travis. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
want to say thank you once again to Jessica Fernando for being a great guest on the show. And thank you once again to you guys and girls and everyone else in the world who I call the listeners. Because, you know, we took a break, but back for the fun spooky season for this fun Halloween episode. And I really appreciate it. And we'll be taking another break on this show, but... Make sure that you stay subscribed to the main feed and you can always be nice and generous and leave this show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And in that meanwhile, you can follow the show at TPTMPod on Twitter and you can also email the show at TPTMPod at gmail.com. And if you're interested in following me personally on social media stuff, you can find me at Travis Things on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are interested in any other of my podcast ramblings, you can listen to my other show, my bi-weekly podcast, Defend Your Trash Movie, hosted by me and previous guest Luana Seda, where we examine bad movies and misrepresented films to see if they're actually good. And uh, yeah, once again, we'll be taking a break from the theme park movie spheres but don't worry the main feed will always be here and again stay subscribed for when we return i appreciate you all i love you all but until next time i'll see you at the trick-or-treat stand and i'll see you at the snack stand whatever the season may be see ya